With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. As always, welcome back to the GM Shuffle. Thrilled to have you along for the ride. We've got lots of great topics to get to, including there's an article about why the Giants should make a run at Jason Garrett. <laughs> Cannot wait to dive into that. I swear, I thought it was from The Onion. I thought it was like a satirical column, but no, it's actually allegedly legitimate. It's by NewJersey.com. It's my state newspaper, NewJersey.com. I mean, I don't read it every day. I don't go to it. I mean, they want me to pay 99 cents for every three months. Like, I'm not doing that, you know? I mean, I mean, I got to pay 99 cents to park in front of my building here in Ocean City. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you're right. The home state, they, they, they must know where you're at. You know, you can't cure cheap. I'm not cheap, but the one thing Fred Palermo always used to say is you can't cure cheap. You might cure cancer. You might cure all that stuff. The one thing you can't cure is cheap. And he was right. Well, that's what led to Tiger Woods' downfall, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, you can't cure it. He's Fred Palermo's right. You can't cure cheap. Tiger never tipped guys, never took care of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, flying girls coach, you know, he's got... (laughs) On Southwest. I mean, at least Al Davis bought three seats on Southwest, right? Because who would want to sit next to the miserable bastard, right? Like, you know, like he used to buy three seats on Southwest, right? And, oh, fuck, nobody can sit there. Nobody's going to sit there, you know? And he would, you know, Mark, his valet guy, would get him in his seat, and then Mark would sit probably 18 rows behind him because God knows he didn't want to sit next to him because he was so angry. But, you know, those seats would, would have, like, tags on them, do not sit, do not sit, you know? At least he bought three. Three on Southwest. <laughs> yeah, look it out for others. The major topic, though, is Colin Kaepernick holding a private workout this Saturday. This is the evidence around Colin Kaepernick. He's a 32-year-old quarterback, 72 career touchdown passes, 13 rushing touchdowns, 30 picks, and he started in a Super Bowl. But here's the biggest stat you need to know. It's been almost three seasons since he played in the NFL. You know he's a lightning rod. You know about all the kneeling stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But why is this happening now, you're wondering? What's he been doing the last three years? Well, he sued the league for collusion. He's been doing a lot of charity work as well, donating more than a million dollars to charities work on behalf of social justice but here's what's happening now mike and then we'll get into your thoughts on it but a little over a month ago kaepernick's representatives put out a lengthy statement to address what they described as false narratives surrounding kaepernick's situation and to assert that he still wanted to play second several teams have been in contact with the league office to ask about kaepernick's status and the league has grown tired of telling teams they're free to find out for themselves so potentially interested teams haven't wanted to bring in Kaepernick for visits or workouts the way they routinely do 
do on Tuesdays during the season to the league. So you know what? Saturday workout, go ahead, do what you want to do. This is from Dan Graziano of ESPN.com. So I don't know how long the NFL has been planning this, but finally Kaepernick's going to get his moment in the sun. What do you think of all of this, Mike? Well, I mean, first of all, the league office is so out of tune with reality, right? Why would you hold a workout on a Saturday when every decision maker is going to be either in their city getting ready for a game or in a away city? Like, sending scouts to work out Kaepernick is not going to cut it, right? They're not decision makers. Like, it's like you, they collect data. They're information gatherers. They go and gather the information. You got plenty of information on Colin Kaepernick. You can go back and watch him play against Seattle on, on the first day of 2017. I mean, I was live at a game on 1224 the day before Christmas. I watched him lead a comeback to the 49ers, beat the Rams in Los Angeles. I mean, you can watch him. I mean, if watching Luke Falk didn't motivate a team to sign Colin Kaepernick. I don't know what a workout is going to do. I don't understand it. And in, in really in tone deafness from the league office, that they'd have the workout on a Saturday. Okay, if you want to have a workout for Colin Kaepernick, why you want to do it, I don't understand. Like, why is he so different than every other player? Why does he need his own private workout? I, this I don't know. Only the league office can answer. But if you're going to have it, have it on a Tuesday. And then put the onus on everybody to get there. And then see who shows up. There's no excuse on a Tuesday. Now, I'm not saying a coach should go on Tuesday, but there's no excuse for a personnel director not to be there on a Tuesday. There is one on a Saturday when there's college games. I mean, you want to be at Auburn, Georgia, you want to watch Colin Kaepernick work out. To your point, Kaepernick did not know this was coming. The NFL reached out to his agent 10 a.m. Eastern Tuesday and, and told him the league is circling this memo, and it was the first Kaepernick had heard of it. And first thing they asked, could it be held on a Tuesday when most in-season player workouts are conducted? And they asked if the workout could be pushed back later than this week to allow Cap more time to prepare. The league said no to both of those requests and told Kaepernick it would provide him with a list of the team personnel who are planning to attend. And to, to your point with the skepticism, Kaepernick himself tweeted Tuesday he looked forward to seeing head coaches and general managers at the workout. I mean, it's really tone deaf on the league office. I mean, you know, this is just how they get into political battle because here's the reality of it is the league office doesn't understand what goes on with teams. They really don't. They might as well be in in Honolulu compared to where they know. Like it's it's so it cracks me up when new owners buy teams, they hire people from the league office who have no understanding of running a team. Right? They run to the 545 train. They don't know how to run a team. They've never been part of a team. They've been part of this dictatorship that comes from Park Avenue. And so to have this workout on a Saturday, it's a slap in the face. You know, as Uncle Junior said, I show you my hand, you slap it away. I mean, seriously. Like, what are you thinking about here? And then now, you know what the negative publicity is going to be is? Is who's not there? You know, who doesn't come to the workout? You know, you think Bill Belichick's going to get on an airplane and fly out to fucking Atlanta and spend time? <laughs> I mean, seriously. And, and by the way, there's no chance he plays this year, Mike. You don't see teams pick up quarterbacks during the season for the purpose of starting them for games right away. The, the best case chance here is like... You know, if a team likes him, they say, okay, maybe we'll sign you for the chance of building towards a 2020 role, either as a starter or as a backup. It's incredibly remote to think somebody's going to see him at a workout and then just, like, if you're the Bears, you're just going to plug in Kaepernick and have him replace Trubisky by Thanksgiving. It's impossible. It's impossible, right? And so, like, when you examine this, let's reverse engineer it. Like, what is the intent of this? Other than you could say, and I think Eric Reed's right, it's all just a PR movement, right? What is the intent of this? The intent is to get him employed, right? That should be to get him a job. And if Luke Falk play with the New York Jets doesn't get him a job, I don't know what is. And here's what makes it more alarming, okay? What makes this really alarming is the fact that 
I wrote this in Gridiron Genius, and I still believe this to be true, that there's going to be a time in the NFL, and it's not so far away, where we're going to have two players like Deshaun Watson play in the backfield. And we saw it on Sunday with the Baltimore Ravens playing Cincinnati. They put RG3 in the backfield, and Scott Hansen was making this huge deal. Oh, my God, I thought he was going to wet his pants. It was hilarious. He was making this huge deal about having three Heismans in the backfield at the same time. I mean, it was like, oh, my God. He thought he discovered gold in 49. It was unbelievable, right? But the point is, not because I wrote it, because I think it could be really damaging to a defensive team, is if you had two guys who could run with the ball a little bit, not that they want to get them hurt, but they could also throw. So let's advance that. Greg Roman invented Colin Kaepernick. The best year he ever had with him was with Colin Kaepernick, right? He had the best career with him at that point. And yet, he doesn't want to sign him in Baltimore to be the backup to a player who's similar to him, who's similar to him. He, now, Lamar is, is far more accurate than Colin Kaepernick ever was. He's far more explosive in terms of what he wants to do when he gets the ball faster is the right word there, right? But they're similar. They're similar. They both have some accuracy issues. I think Kaepernick has some more severe ones. But if you had him on the field, you know, and, you put, and he didn't choose him, like what is the intent of this workout? Like who is going to sign him? Ryan Pace at Chicago is not going to sign him. There's no chance. He doesn't even admit. He doesn't even admit that Trubisky's no good. I mean, there's just an expose in the in the Chicago Times where they're breaking down how it ended up happening. I mean, it's like analyzing the wreck of the Emmett Fitzgerald. Like everybody's going back through it again, right? But if he's never going to admit, like, what team? The Lions signed Jeff Driscoll a week into the season. They didn't have a backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> It's crazy. Like, who's going to sign him? And, he, and here's what I think. Look, I was never a Kaepernick fan when he played at Reno. I thought he was too inaccurate. This is before the social issues, okay? Which, you know, God bless him. Make him we got to make people aware of the social issues. I get it. I understand it. But I wasn't a fan of him as a player. And then when he had the success in San Francisco, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I was wrong on this one. And then as it went on and people finally got a handle on what he was doing and how he was operating, you know, then I think it became more towards what I saw at Reno than what it became, you know. And and let's face it, I mean, his last season under Chip Kelly, which should have been the right offense for him, it really ended up not being. He ran the ball 68 times there. He averaged 6'8", but he stopped really running. I mean, there were games he didn't run the ball in. You know, and he didn't make plays. One game against Miami, he had 10 carries for 100 yards. Another game he had. Like, part of Kaepernick is his feet. That's what makes Trubisky so unbelievably hard to watch. Now he won't run anymore, right? And so if you know that the quarterback won't run, it changes how you game plan. And so for me, Kaepernick, the player, was never somebody. But in fairness, how can you say he's not better than Luke Falk? How can you say he's not better than some of these slappies playing quarterback right now? You can't. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm with you. I think he's, his talent probably is diminished, for God's sakes. He hasn't played in three years. I'm sure it would take him a while to get back into playing shapes, and I agree with you. I don't think his high was as high as, yeah, I could be a quarterback who can lead a team to the Super Bowl, but I do think he's certainly better than a lot of the luggage you see out there. I mean, there's no question in my mind, if you gave Kaepernick time and tutelage, he could be at least a backup quarterback and maybe push for a starting spot. I really believe that. But I'm with you that I think he does have flaws and maybe his upside wasn't as high as some thought. But the bottom line is this. This Saturday is a PR stunt. This is not going to help this guy get back. Whether or not he plays again, I don't know if he will, Mike, but this Saturday is just a farce. Then they should really have a tent, and they should, you know, I mean, and I love elephants. I don't want to bring any elephants in, but they should sell popcorn. They should have a tent. 
They should have an organ grinder. They should have like a, a merry-go-round. Maybe Dominic, Leo, and, and all of my grandkids can come down there. We can take a ride, you know. Hopefully, they'll have baked goods down there to sell. That'd be nice. You know, the Girl Scouts could sell some baked goods. Boy Scouts can sell their stuff. It'd be nice. It'd be perfect, right? It's a yeah, county exactly. fair. And then we'll have the workout. And then what's going to happen? Are you going to get the stink eye from the league office if you don't go? Like, you think Al Davis would say, I'm, oh, fuck, I'm going to send somebody? <laughs> like, he would, are you right. kidding me? It's, I think, yeah, that's the other part of it, too. People are saying, well, the league is just trying to, you know, curry favor with the union here because Kaepernick's been trying to sue them for the last three years for collusion. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. This is a fair question to ask. If Kaepernick was great, would he have a job? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, because I think, you know, we're willing to tolerate some really – on the edge, you know, as Artie Bucco says, a little bit uncomfortable outside the law. You know, <laughs> we're willing to tolerate that. And I think that's the core issue. And you can create the narrative of nobody wants to deal with them. And I think there is a narrative to that because I think the reason he's not in the league is the narrative because he's not good enough to take all the bad PR. That's the essence of the whole argument. He's not good enough to take the bad PR. He is better than most of these quarterbacks that are getting jobs, but he's not good enough to take the bad PR. Well said. That is the That's the reality, right? Absolutely. That is the reality because you're right. Greatness, people will deal with whatever baggage you have. Oh, he's eccentric. Oh, he's got a few idiosyncrasies as long as he's great. Well, if you're not great, well, sorry, then I can't have you. I can't deal with the other baggage. Then it becomes too overwhelming. Well, I can't deal with the other stuff. It's not worth it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, at some point, you just say, you know, everything in life is risk-reward, right? Like, if I do this, like, I was just listening to somebody say somebody just bet two hundred thousand dollars to win two thousand like that's not smart that's arrogant that's like why would you waste two hundred thousand dollars to win two thousand yeah that is insane you know like i mean do you think that the cartel would waste two hundred thousand dollars just to make two thousand dollars <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> they're a business right yeah beheadings are optional yeah you think tony soprano would do that <laughs> i did an athletic podcast yesterday and i got asked what team tony soprano would coach what team do you think tony soprano could coach that's a good question there's only oh, one. I, I just thought Tony Sperano, so I always thought of the Jets. But no, how about the Raiders? Maybe the Raiders? Well, I, I was thinking he has to coach the Giants. I mean, he has to be in the Star Ledger every day. Coach Tony <laughs> comes down the driveway, reads his paper, stops at his deli on the way over to the Meadowlands, you know, <laughs> kind of looks for Jimmy Hoffa in the in the cement somewhere, you know. I think James Gandolfini did play football at Rutgers. So, I mean, he the did, yeah. actor, I think he had a, certainly had a pedigree. <laughs> I mean, just imagine him. Like, he'd be, I bet you his offensive lines would be great, right? The line play would be unbelievable. He'd have oh. such a focus on those guys. Oh, it would be so tough. They'd, have, they'd, they'd probably have stuff on their fingers just to kind of like, so they could grind them into the defensive players. You know, like they'd have those like brass knuckles or something, you know, he'd have some tactic. Uncle Junior would be the strategist up in the booth to decide whether we should go for one or go for two. He could hold up a finger as good as the clapper. Speaking of the clapper, perfect segue, my friend, Danny Slater of NJ.com. That's right. NewJersey.com, Mike's hometown website, argues that if things align just right, that's his phrase, Jason Garrett could wind up coaching the Giants next season. And if Giants co-owner John Mara fires coach Pat Shermer, he absolutely should pursue Garrett, who is in the final year of his contract. Garrett ought to be Mara's top priority. I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> Danny, Danny, <laughs> seriously, Danny. As Michael told Tom Hagen, we got people on the payroll. They could use a nice story like this. This is what this reminds me of. This is a nice story. They could use a story like this. Right. Like, this is Jason Garrett's payroll. Like, there's no way this guy sat down at his laptop and observed Jason Garrett coach for five years and said, you know what? He would be the perfect coach for the New York football giants. 
Like, there's no freaking way he could possibly do that. He has to be on a payroll. Like, they like a nice story like that, don't they? You know, it's like, come on, seriously. Are you going to now? How are you being taken seriously after this commentary? Like, how can you say this? The Cowboy fans, you go me fund? You kidding me? With for the private plane to fly him there? Are you kidding me? <laughs> how much money do you think would be in that GoFund, huh? <laughs> a lot, a lot of oil money there in Texas. Do you? How much money do you think would be on the private plane to get Jason up there? Seriously, oh, yeah. how much money do you think it would be? And if John Mara's dumb enough to hire him, I mean, at some point, don't you just say, you know what, Danny, I can't read anymore. If you're going to go this way, then you're on a payroll. You know, and that's what Al Davis used to say all the time is Al Davis used to always make sure you understood when somebody tells you something, you have to figure out what their motivation is behind why they're telling you that. Like nobody just gives you free information. Like nobody just gives you free information. Like here, you should, there's always a reason for why you wanted to do it. Like what is Danny's reason for this column? That's my first reaction. It only could be a Virgil Salazzo story. I was about to say, if I was an investigative reporter, I'd say, okay, try to find the link between him and Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett's agent, Jason Garrett's friends. I mean, there's some sort of link at some point in life. These guys maybe knew each other. It has to be, right? Like, there's no giant fan wants Jason Garrett. Like, let's do a let's do a sample poll here at GM Shuffle. Like, who wants Jason Garrett to coach? Nobody does. I mean, the Giants don't need a new coach. The Giants need a new infrastructure. That's what they need. They don't need a new coach. They need a new infrastructure. And Jason, who's never been part of an infrastructure, is incapable of giving them an infrastructure. I mean, the Giants need somebody who can create a new culture, who can build a new culture, you know, and that's what they need. They don't need somebody who's going to do that. I mean, it would be it would be like all these rumors about Gus Malzahn, right? Jimmy Sexton has to be the Terrific. greatest agent Saban's of all time guy. because the yeah, Saban's guy. He has Gus Malzahn has a seven million dollar buyout to get him out of Auburn. Now they don't even like Gus Malzahn at Auburn, and yet they if you want him, it costs you seven million dollars to get him, right? So if he lo- let me just say this: if he loses to Georgia this week, which is could lose, he could beat him. He could lose. I mean, they got a good team. Do you think that seven million is really in play? If he wants to go to Arkansas, of course it's not. Of course not. The Auburn people would say, look, hey, by the way, you don't have to pay this. Just take them. Just take them. It's the same thing with the Clapper. Absolutely. It's beyond my own. Co- like, like it's one thing, you know, people say, you know, Lombardi, you're too honest. I'm not on anybody's payroll. I wasn't on anybody's payroll when I was in the league. That's why I'm not in the league because you don't want to hear the truth. You can't handle it. Yeah, I was just we don't do guests on the show, but I, I would almost want to get Danny Slater on the show and like like just interrogate him. I think we should. I want to know why he said that. I, I really think that's probably the right thing. Cause you gotta figure out like what is your motive? Like, give me the evidence to support it. Here's Jason Garrett's tapestry. Good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. I mean, it just goes like that. And he only does what Jerry wants. He doesn't he's never had an original idea. When somebody says to you, you know, Lombardi's really smart, right? Then you should ask the question, well, give me three examples of why Lombardi's smart. Now, all of a sudden, it gets he slows down, right? Now, you got to think about, well, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute, time out, you know? Like, give me three reasons why Jason Garrett has made the Cowboys better than they are and why he'll make the Giants much better than they are. You can't do it. No, there's no way. It's absolute absurdity. <laughs> but I'm glad we gave Danny some pub. Now we get to Cam Newton. By the way, this continues the Make Me Smarter segment. And this is from Mike's book. So if anyone wants to know why is Lombardi smart, because you should read his book, Gridiron Genius, which is currently available in paperback. And I like this particular section. Uh, Mike's talking about Bill Walsh near the end of the book. And he said he called it the three F's of decision making. Firmness, fairness, fast. The reason I mention it is what's going to happen with Cam Newton. 
injured Panthers quarterback would reportedly welcome an offseason trade to the Chicago Bears. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the likely scenario is Cam Newton is playing for a different team next offseason, and here's why. He's due $19 million in salary, and none of it is guaranteed. He's a franchise quarterback who is intent on being healthy for March. That means he's very tradable, similar to Joe Flacco, a place, by the way, like Chicago if they're in the market for a quarterback. From my understanding, Cam Newton would, in fact, welcome that if it all worked out. Here's the problem here, Mike, for Carolina. You can't dither with this stuff. Firmness, fairness, fast. Is Cam Newton your guy? Then lock him up. And if not, make a move, right? That's right. Absolutely. And I think, to me, you've got to make that decision. And, you know, obviously, Rappaport is getting that information right from somebody in Cam's camp, right? Yeah. Because he's not going to go out on the limb and say, Hey, Cam wants to go to Chicago if he doesn't know Cam wants to go. Like, where does that story germinate from, right? Let's just go, let's use this whole episode to understand where stories come from. That story comes from Cam's camp. He's sending a message to David Tepper by saying, if you don't want me, trade me. That's really what that's about. And David Tepper, one of the greatest, if you mention David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers' name, to anybody on Wall Street, they hold him in reverence, right? He's like the greatest hedge fund analytical human being ever. So he's been down this poker game before. He's not going to get – It's not, he ain't going to blink on this one, right? He's seen a showdown. He understands it. He's gone to the mattresses too many times before to understand it. And I think he's got to make a decision. Now, where all this is going to come into play is where are the Carolina Panthers on January the 10th? Is Ron Rivera still the coach? Is Marty Herney still the general manager? Where are they? I don't think anybody knows that right now. Ron Rivera could easily get up and say, I retire. Marty Herney could say, I retire again, you know, or David Tepper might say, look, I've had two years to examine this organization. I want to change the culture within. I'm going to change leadership from it all over. Okay. That starts it right there. And then who do they bring in and how does that work? And then how does Cam fit in? Way too many variables, way too many variables. And I think the number one variable that I think people are often just throwing under the carpet because it sounds good and it makes you sound smart is that he's making 19 million and it's not guaranteed. Like, if he's a franchise quarterback and he's making $19 million, that's a bargain. Oh, yeah. Like, that's not a cap liability. That's a bargain. You look at what Goff gets paid now. Like, it's crazy. These are $30 million now if you're a franchise quarterback. Look at I'm like, telling you, Goff might be – we might have to go and write another screenplay called Heist 2. Seriously. <laughs> he might be Heist 2. I mean, he might be the bank job. <laughs> What's the greatest bank robberies in the world? The one over in England? I mean, that, seriously, this is, could be one of the great bank robberies of all time. But $19 million, you think that's a lot of money? You think that's a cap liability for any team with a quarterback who plays at a high level? No way. See, this is the narrative that just drives me crazy. It's just people just, they say something that they think is smart when it's really the dumbest thing you could ever say. It really is the dumbest thing you could say. How about this? Do you think Cam Newton's a good fit under Nagy's system in Chicago? We know Trubisky isn't in the answer. Would Cam be? Yeah, I think Cam would be a good fit in anybody's system. I think Cam, if he's healthy and can throw the ball down the field and he's willing to run, again, Cam's got to be able to move you with his feet. He's got to be able to run five or six times for first downs. The one of the things I always look at at quarterbacks is how many first downs that he runs for. Like, let's just take Colin Kaepernick. And, you know, I was going back and doing research for him before the pod. He, had, he ran his last year, he ran for 28 first downs in 12 starts. So that's at least two a game. So he's running for first downs when he's got the ball in his hands. That's not bad. Now, he didn't run a lot. He only ran 69 times that year, and he only had two games that he took off. Kaepernick needs to run more, just like Lamar Jackson. He runs a ton. But if Cam's not willing to run, then I don't know what offense really fits him. But, yeah, I thought the Bears have a good team. I think if you're the Bears and you really want to see where you could go, 
is watch what Ryan Tannehill's done for the Tennessee Titans. They've increased their yards per attempt by 1.1 yards. That's a huge amount. They went from 7.5 to 8.6. He's made those receivers at Tennessee look much better than they were any time with Mariota. That's what you get when you have a quarterback. Coming up after the break, most anticipated matchup of the weekend. Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans traveling north to take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Plus, we're giving away free money because Mike is 26-16-1 against the spread. He'll tell you which games we'll cover after the break. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So, as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do, go check out the PXG Black Ops driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. All right, so once again, Mike is 26-16-1 against the spread, so feeling pretty good right now. This is the game of the weekend. Houston Texans are 6-3, and and they're taking on the 7-2 and Baltimore Ravens. Really fun matchup here, Mike. Obviously, everybody's focusing on the quarterbacks when you're looking at Lamar and Deshaun. Yeah, you know, part of the reason I think I've had the good year is I've, I've tried to take emotion out of the picks and just go by my power rankings, which I think I've really done a good job of narrowing this down. My line came out at 4 and I think the line started at four. Anything over four, I'm going to take Houston here. I think this will be a great game. I really do. I think when you break down both teams, Baltimore's playing much better defensively. They average under six yards per attempt. By getting Peters, by getting Jimmy Smith back, that's really made a difference. But this Houston team is unique in the sense that they're tough to defend. I'm going to take Houston here. All right, moving on. How about Dallas taking on Detroit? That's right, the Clapper and the Cowboys, 5-4 and four facing a 3-5-1 and one Lions team. Now, you were very confident. You said Trubisky will beat the Lions because their pass defense, their secondary is brutal. Does this also yeah. mean Dak Prescott's going to have a field day on the road? He should play really well, and I think this is a big game for Dak and the Cowboy offense, and I don't care. You know, as long as the line doesn't get over seven, there hasn't really been a post of a line yet. The line has been, you know, it could be four and a half. It depends on Stafford's availability. I'm going to take the Cowboys here. I think they're going to really play much better. They'll get after Detroit. Detroit's fading. They don't have any team speed. They don't match up at all. When the Cowboys play against a bad secondary, they usually romp. Like the Giants, I like the Cowboys here. I was about to say, when you look at Detroit, there's just not a lot of reason to feel good about them. I mean, it's all about Stafford, and they just can't cover the Cowboys' wideouts, right? No doubt. They're like the little poodle that looks in the mirror and starts barking at the German Shepherd. Like, it's seriously, you're playing man-to-man coverage. You, you, don't, you can't cover anybody. 
New Orleans at Tampa. The Saints are minus five, but the Bucs are two and four their last six games, 15 turnovers in those games. New Orleans, obviously, Sean Payton has their attention. He's just like Alec Baldwin now, Gary Glenn Ross. I'm sure the whole team was listening to him, giving away a set of steak knives. Do the Saints rebound on the road against the Bucs? I love the Saints here. Everybody seems to want to take the Bucs. I'm going to go contrarian here and take the – I th- think Sean Payton with another week – the second game will make the right adjustments. I think they dominated the first game. I think my man Jameis is due for some turnovers. I like the Saints here. I think the Saints will play. Drew Brees needs to play much better. It's always a hard place to play down there. It'll be a close game. I think they win by a touchdown. Yeah, Brees right now under eight yards per pass attempt, not since 2016. So that's kind of interesting to focus on. The Saints are also 5-1 their last six and just three turnovers in those six games. They've controlled the ball 34 minutes. You're always keying on possession. The New Orleans is a good example of that. Yeah, you play great defense when you play less defense. Atlanta at Carolina. The Panthers are minus five in this one. Now, Atlanta, one of the most shocking wins of the year, obviously. They're coming off of their one and five of their last six. Uh, last week's the first time they held an offense down, so we'll see if their defense can do it now against Carolina. Panthers, for their part, they're four and two in their last six games. Like I said, line of Panthers minus five. How are we feeling? I think it's a back-and-forth game. I think it's a field goal game. I love Atlanta here. I think this line could end up getting up to six. I think Atlanta will at least backdoor cover. They can move the ball on anybody. And this Carolina pass defense is not very good. People have done a good job of moving the football. I think Atlanta played their best defense last week. I think that'll continue. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I think they'll definitely cover. And Jacksonville at Indianapolis, four and five Jags against the five and four Colts. Colts right now minus two and a half is a line. They are three and three over the last six. They've been a little bit shaky. Don't know if T.Y. Hilton's going to play. Need him, or otherwise you're not going to have many explosive plays. Uh, obviously concerns about Vinatieri. As far as Jacksonville's concerned, 3-3 three and three the last six, as I mentioned, 47 penalties in those games. Undisciplined play. I like the Colts here per set plays. Give the two and a half. I think the Colts need to play much better at home. I think the speed on the carpet, and, and I'm just concerned about can Jacksonville make plays down the field. I think the offensive line for Jacksonville is a huge concern. On the road, in a dome, I always am going to favor the home team. Yeah, like you said before, Jacksonville, bad offensive line, don't travel, right? Yeah, nope, don't. And I'm always going to go that way. You know, I'm always going that way. Anytime a bad line doesn't travel, like I would like to take the Bengals and the points this week. My model says take them, but I have no confidence that I'll stick my toe in the water for that one. I, I just can't get there. Like my model says take Chicago and the seven points. I can't do it. I'm not going on MVP, Mitch, on the road. No chance. Coming up next after the break, Mike and I discuss Adam Gase's tenure with the New York Jets. Stick around. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, time now for Joe's question of the week. We are going to have a little bit of college football talk plus a Thursday night football preview in just a second and open up the mailbag. But first off, Joe, what do you got for us? Jets CEO Christopher Johnson says that Adam Gase's job is safe and that he will be the head coach in 2020 for the Jets. Guys, do you actually think he'll return in 2020 for the Jets? Well, Joe, along with your sarcasm as you dropped the actually, but the bottom line is this, even if you didn't even look at the evidence, once you just said that line, of, so of course he's not back. Anytime management comes out and says the guy's coming back, of course he's not coming back. That, that's a kiss of death right there. Listen, Adam Gase was thought to be a quarterback guru. He was going to ignite this offense. Jimmy Johnson, who Mike and I both believe should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm watching Fox NFL Sunday. They re-ran Jimmy saying at the start of the year, the Jets were going to be 9-7 and seven and make the playoffs. He was like, well, I just thought they'd be better. I thought Gase would do a better job. Exactly. Anybody who thought the Jets would be better thought that this coach would be able to to make a dynamic offense with Darnold being back, Le'Veon Bell, et cetera. It hasn't happened. Gase and the entire team is a mess. I don't think Gase survives. Do you think Paulie thought he was coming back when he went for that car ride? (laughs) You know, take a little brandy for that cold, right? You know. I mean, I agree with everything you just said, although my instincts tell me I don't think Christopher wants to reach into his wallet and pay all this off again and have to do it. Uh, You know, I think he's kind of trapped by his own decisions, and sometimes that precludes you from making a good decision. I mean, he's liable just to bunker in. He's probably going to go down to some exotic island and, and live there pull that card but I agree with you like Paulie's never coming back I don't know if Gase will come back especially if it gets ugly so I think it's too early to tell right like I said the money does become the issue how much do I got to pay this guy to make this mess go away but obviously the results do not indicate that Adam Gase would be coming back time to open up the mailbag the GM shuffle at gmail.com that's right the GM shuffle at gmail.com Darshan Singh was a listener to DM me he did you get mine I don't know Joe's the one who runs the account he sees all the emails the GM shuffle at gmail.com. This is from Ethan. Hey, boys, I was wondering if there's any way Pat Shermer could hide Saquon Barkley's poor pass blocking while still keeping him out on the field. For example, getting a second back in to help the protection. Now, for context, Mike was speaking on the previous GM shuffle about how poor Barkley is at pass blocking. So clearly, Ethan was listening. Appreciate that. What do you think, Mike? Second back? Yeah, good question, Ethan. I think what they'll do is, no, they'll, they'll they extend him out of the formation and let him run routes. Because one thing we do know about this kid is he's really good with the ball in his hands. 
And once he gets the ball in space or even in tight quarters, I mean, I don't dismiss his talent as a running back. I think that he can't full reach his full potential until he can learn to pass protect. I think you'll see him spread out of the formation. I think he'll have, he'll be on a on a what they call a hot release where he'll just release and have no responsibility in the passing game. They might keep a tight end in to assume that role, not necessarily another back, but I think they're, certainly they're going to try to find a way to massage it and also try to keep him on smaller defense. I mean, the mic point, when they when you hear the quarterback say, 52 is the mic, 52 is the mic, I think you could, they can arrange the protection so that he's only blocking a little guy, whether it's be a linebacker or a safety or a corner coming off the edge, and I think that would help him a lot. Any college football action you want to discuss or we want to talk Thursday night? I know you mentioned Auburn-Georgia. Yeah, no, I think that that'll be a fun game. I think you know this college ranking is hilarious, right? They they just throw these things in there. Team wins, they go down two points, but yet they say they don't evaluate the wins and losses. I mean, you talk about a committee. I mean, the committee in front of Pantangelia was more organized than the NC two A committee. I can tell you that right now. Even though all those guys were under the bribe, all those guys were. You know, how about when Senator Geary recused himself from the meeting? <laughs> was that the greatest? That thing? That was unbelievable. <laughs> That's what I would do if I was part of this NC two A. Committee. I would I would pull Senator Geary and recuse myself. I, mean, I, I just remember she was laughing. You know, it was dark. <laughs> it's okay, Senator. We'll take care of this for you. All that's left yeah. is our friendship, AD. <laughs> Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Thursday night football. Steelers winners five out of six. 48-point differential. Uh, still only averaging three and a half yards per rush. So let's see if James Conner can go. But you were focusing on this, Mike. 33 sacks so far. 71 quarterback hits and 47 tackles for loss. This Pittsburgh defense has been remarkable. I mean, the formula for how they're winning is not complicated. They don't give up big plays. They hit the quarterback. You know, they, they haven't been able to run the ball. They do very little offensively. How they're not the favorite in this game, I have no idea. I really don't. I mean, I, I in my model, they're the favorite. But, you know, strange things happen on, on Thursday nights. I'm not going to bet this game. I'm not going to recommend you bet this game. But I think clearly – the case is, I think Pittsburgh's the better team, and Pittsburgh's a more mentally tough team. I think they'll go in there and smack the Browns around tonight. It'll be interesting to see how the Browns respond to it, because this front for Pittsburgh gets after you. With Watt and Bud Dupree coming on the outside, Hargrave inside, and all their different combinations, they're pretty good. Steelers 8-1-1 one, one versus the Browns. Browns minus 3 is the line. As always, please do spread the word when it comes to all that we do here on the GM Shuffle. Go to Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. You can also follow us on Instagram at the GM Shuffle. And maybe if you really want to help us out, maybe you can go check out Colin Kaepernick's workout Saturday, and then you can email us at thegmshuffle at gmail.com and let us know what you think. You can be an amateur scout here for the GM Shuffle. And if there's Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts there, make sure you buy the cookies. It's always important. Support. <laughs>